nights when one drink with the girls turns into a bottle, but you need your car for brunch the next day. There's pickup. Or at Friday work drinks, where you don't want to leave your car with expensive tools at the pub. There's pickup. Don't miss out on the fun. Get a pickup. Simply book on our app, and we'll pick you up to drive you and your car home. Two drivers arrive, one drives you home in your car, and the other driver follows. Download the pickup app today. That's PKUP, and wake up worry free. Hi, I'm Nick Perkett. Hi, I'm Chaz Mostert, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. Welcome to Inside Supercars. Tony Wetlock and Craig Gravel, and we're talking with Kevin Fitzsimmons from Dunlop Operations Manager, and we're doing a review of past tyre performance for the last and first two rounds of the Supercar Championship this year. Kevin, um, you obviously had a very tiring weekend uh, on Sunday and Saturday with the rain. Uh, I imagine you've been, you and your boys have all been flat out. Absolutely. So thanks for having me. We uh, we've had a uh, crazy couple of weeks. Um, the lead up to to uh, before we even arrived in Sydney, the, the lead up to it, sort of thing, loading uh, 10 40 foot containers, the tyres that we had in Melbourne, um, so just over 5,000 tyres, which was uh, a very very busy few days. And then we had two containers that were the tyres for the Gold Coast, which are uh, have been diverted to Sydney, and they're the tyres for SMP3. And um, yeah, we, we've had a pretty torrid time of it, but um, all in all, of this, I've been pretty happy. We, um, we've had all sorts of conditions thrown at us, that's for sure, with you know, wet and dry and daylight. And at Sydney, uh, SMP's the, um, probably the most effective track by ultraviolet light that we, we come to. So all of a sudden having night races there was a bit of a challenge, you know, but uh, all in all, it's been pretty good. It's been interesting, the racing's been good. And um, yeah, we're just... Uh, roll on to these next couple and see how we go. Were all these containers, the ones you've uh, just received, uh, is they all in the country? Uh, you've got your full tyre allocation for this year? Yeah, we um, we uh, did a bit of moving around. For example, the the tyres that we had in the warehouse in Melbourne um, were the, the, the super soft tyre for Winton, um, which that event unfortunately was postponed and, and then eventually cancelled. So we, uh, we uh, had those in stock. We had the tyres to the original Sydney date in August in stock. We had the tyres for New Zealand in stock. Um, the tyres for Perth in stock, um, and as I say, the one we, we got diverted was the tyres for the Gold Coast. Um, so that's what we use at SMP3. We've got um, uh, the Bathurst tyres were already in stock in Melbourne, so all of that then had to be transferred up here. Uh, so it was just a, a bit of an operation um, to to lock it all in, but um, it, that's worked out quite well, you know. So the tyres we used at Sydney One was uh, the, the original tyres for the, the event that was scheduled back in August. The tyres we used for um, Last weekend, uh, with the, uh, the that event sort of thing, we uh, were the tyres we were going to be used in Perth, and the tyres we're using this weekend were the tyres that were scheduled for the Gold Coast, and then the tyres we used the last weekend, the part of the Winton uh, Super Soft range, and the uh, the remaining of them were the tyres for the New Zealand for the hard tyres. So um, it's been a bit of a mix. Um, you know, it's, it's worked out quite well. We we had plenty of stock there, sort of thing. There's certainly not much left in Melbourne now, I tell you, <laughs> but. Um, you know, Bathurst tyres was was already um, was already in the country, so we uh, we were advanced there and everything. And because of worldwide shipping issues at the moment, we um, it's just very difficult getting containers and ships are delayed everywhere because of COVID um, restrictions and you know companies shutting down and not removing stock off the wharf and everything. So it's been a bit of a difficult challenge, but we've uh, muddled our way through and and got the containers. And yeah, luckily our our production was all done early in the year, as it will be for next year. 
and um, and, and have the stock in the country ready to go through whatever they throw at us. We can we can cover. How much consultation do you get with supercars? You know, given that we've got these all different formats and different race lengths and different time of day, that obviously has an impact with the degradation at the Eastern Creek or Sydney Motorsport Park. How much consultation do they get you involved with? Yeah, basically, what it ends up working out is that the I, have, I speak regularly with Adrian Burgess, and we just sat back and. Um, when we were looking like going racing again, we weren't sure whether we were going to go to Queensland Raceway for a couple, then come down to Sydney and do a couple here and then go to Bathurst or whatever. It was sort of all floating around there for, for quite a while and borders opening and closing and everything. So basically it got to the stage where I just said, this is what I've got. These are the events that I can cover. We've got this many tyres, work with it. And then the Commission had um, quite a few meetings actually where things were discussed and formats and, and everything and they just basically put it up on a whiteboard and said, that's the tyres he's got available. Um, this is what we can do, and and they've worked with it. So basically, um, we, we didn't have a, a massive amount of input other than telling them what tyres we had available in quantities, um, and uh, go from there. And for example, the um, the the tyres that we're going to use uh, for SMP3, that the ones that were for the Gold Coast, that was originally a 32 uh, tyre round per car, and uh, so we've got 112 tyres here, more than what we need that I'll ship back to Melbourne and everything and we'll use them up for Gen 3 development and, um, you know, just sort of go from there. And, and the Bathurst tyres were already covered a couple of wild cards um, beforehand because that's the same tyre that we use on Super 2, Super 3. So I was able to build stock. So we sort of cover our bases a, a little bit for um, the odd thing. You know, Perth was going to have a couple of wild cards um, over there. Uh, that didn't eventuate sort of thing, so I had tyres available for that. So we gave them a, a fair bit of flexibility with soft, hard, super soft, with the Winton event being cancelled, and um, and you know, uh, and just sort of give them some variety, and just basically say, Here, here's a big pool of tyres, um, make some race meetings, you know. So that's what they did. It's just worked out quite well. Looking back over these uh, first two rounds, the rounds eight and nine, it seemed that the first weekend there were a number of situations where I think both Shane Van Gisbergen and Anton De Pasquale both had tyre problems, but they both appeared to be related to uh, curbing? Yeah, it's it's a bit of a, a tricky one. Um, we did have uh, six quite badly cut left rear tyres. That's uh, a right rear tyres, sorry, get it right. Um, right rear tyres that um, you would have seen Anton's um, tore a bit of tread off, um, quite a big piece of tread off. That had started from a cut and you could actually see where it had torn. The actual carcass of the tyre was totally intact. And it was just really weird that we'd had nothing at all for any of the practice sessions or previous races. It was only in the right race. So there's obviously something on the track. Um, all the tyres that were cut um, were, as I say, right rear, and none of them were on. None of the front tyres were showing any signs of a cut. So it was somewhere where there was a bit of attitude on the car. Now it may have been a bit of concrete on one of the curbs or anything. Um, Tim Schenken and Craig Baird and myself went around had a, a pretty intensive look on the Sunday night, um, and then again on the Monday sort of thing. But there was nothing concrete that you could actually sit back and say, "Yeah, 100%. That's what caused it." Uh, then we go and had the race meeting last weekend. There was nothing at all, but we had um, not so much tyre issues last weekend, um, but it was uh, severely damaged left rear wheels. And we've put it down to the teams actually, or the drivers actually cutting the, the curb at turn five to stop them running over the track limits line on the exit of the corner where guys were getting penalised. So they, they're cutting the apex a lot finer but that's actually bending wheels. And we've, we've probably had about 60 severely damaged wheels. Um, 
luckily Tickford were kind enough to bring the wheel straightener up um, to, to do the four events, which they did last year when we did the four events, the two in Darwin, two in Townsville, uh, for the teams to re-roll their wheels. And that's been going flat out every day, re-rolling everybody's wheels. Um, they, they cop a, a massive pounding around here. There's a lot of sawtooth curbs, which the way that the, the concrete, it's not a smooth entrance that, that, that's quite violent on the tyre and on the wheel. But when they um, they pinch, and that's what happened with Jamie's uh, left rear tyre on um, on Sunday's race, uh, it, it pinched the sidewall and actually put a little split in it um, that was just slowly, it was a slow puncture. Um, but the ones the week before were the right-hand side, so it's just where teams had, had changed their line considerably and we're pretty con- convinced that it is at turn five. So we'll see what great this, uh, this weekend, you know, where the tyre it's not a problem because they don't... Uh, skate over the track limits as bad sort of thing, you know, but that's that's what they were trying to avoid by cutting the, the corner that, that solves that uh, issue of running wide on the exit to um, you know, end up with a penalty or a warning. So um, it just sets a bit of a challenge for everybody, but certainly um, this is right up there along with Gold Coast and Townsville to be in the hardest circuit on rims. Um, it's not just a tyre thing and everything, they copper pounding. Chains from the first event was just what they call over deflection, um, the tyres are wound with a, a jointless band of Kevlar um, right across the tyre, which is just like a big roll of string that rolls that gives the tyre its strength and that had fractured um, and just creates a little weak spot in the tyre. So that's, that's basically all that was, you know. So it wasn't a major, a major concern. It could have happened in qualifying. It couldn't have happened in, um, in, uh, in the shootout uh, when they are a little bit more aggressive on canvas than what they are in the race and therefore doesn't show up till the race. But um, the good thing with Anton's one, although it looked ugly, um, he still won the race. So that's... Uh, a release from our point of view, you don't feel bad for him. It's the tyre that let him down, you know. It's it still held air and got him back to the pit, so that's a good thing. I thought that cars, drivers and your tyres all did a fantastic job in the wet on the Sunday night and that remarkable that there were really relatively few incidents and that everything performed at a, a very high level. Yeah, it was, it was a spectacle, that's for sure. I mean, um, nobody likes the wet. Um, it's um, not good for spectators, drivers, and uh, certainly the, the, the tyre people. It's uh, It makes for a very, very busy weekend and everything. Uh, there's a shortage of wheels at the moment from, uh, for a lot of the teams and everything, so that makes it difficult as well when you're swapping wheels and wet to dry constantly and everything, so that keeps us occupied. But, um, you know, it was a spectacle under lights. They looked fantastic, but um, it was, you know, from the drivers I spoke to, it was certainly the right call to red flag the race. Um, uh, the, the plexiglass windscreen that the cars were on with the tear-offs in and everything else like that do make it a little bit hard and the lights flare um, with, the, with the moisture on the screen and everything else like that. But there were quite deep rivers running across the track at Turn 1 um, that could really catch you out and everything. looks spectacular under lights, but um, uh, certainly the right call was made to red flag the race. I think it was um, one of those things that was lightning in the area. You've got TV people and cherry pickers. You've got spectators to consider and... Um, uh, you know, it's that type of thing that you just need to uh, cover all bases and make sure everyone gets home safely. What have you thought about the what we've seen post the two night races, and then of course even the uh, night race the week before was at that stage the fourth highest rating uh, race of the season, and then it got eclipsed this weekend. Yeah, it's uh, it's certainly uh, prime times uh, a great market to tap into while there's um, you know, the, the, the football season's finished now. Um, You've got the horses that don't have headlights, so they can't race in the night time. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's just that type of thing. It's just a, a fantastic spectacle. Um, straight in after the news, you know, get the get calling done sort of thing into the news and straight into into the race. It'll be interesting to see how Bathurst goes um, with the late start there too, sort of thing, pushing into the, the prime time for the finish and everything. That'll, that'll jump the ratings. But certainly 
the footage that we see at the track with the, the, the internal feed and everything, the, the, um, the, it looks spectacular under lights. You know, the cars look amazing and the brakes glowing and that and just the spray coming off them in the rain and things like that. It, it, it looked incredible. The racing's been great. Um, you know, and there's been lots of battle packs throughout the whole field sort of thing and everything. So uh, let's just hope we have a, a couple of them this weekend and then certainly for the, uh, the Barracuda's race, uh, the, the final event on... Um, of the Sydney Tour, it's it's going to be fantastic, you know, that sort of uh, to get that spectacle again, sort of thing. It's it's something we're all looking forward to, sort of thing. It's it's uh, it's just a totally different environment at night time, and as I said, the, the track reacts differently without the ultraviolet on up here. It's uh, the grip level goes up. We've got the tire pressure increase for the last event up to 19, so that'll throw a curveball on the engineers as well and change the shape of the tire a little bit. So it may wear a bit quicker than on top. On top of that, we've got the super soft, which they haven't run before, so. Um, it's going to be uh, a few challenges coming up, but uh, something to look forward to for sure. Whilst we're talking about that UV, you're heading up to Bathurst in December. The longer days, even though we're racing from lunchtime to the news, the day will have had a lot of UV on it beforehand. We'll probably have a few more races from support categories as well. What's that going to mean for race day at Bathurst? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking it'll be pretty fast. It's, um, you know, you just never know. We, it could be, if you talk to some of the locals up there that I've been speaking to um, that, that do our transport to get up, up to that event and everything, and they said that it could be 40 degrees. You know, so um, there, there's so many variables that could come in. I mean, it can still rain, you know. It's just um, one of those type of things until we actually physically get there. And um, I, I did actually look at the weather forecast for Baptist, um today, and it's, it's 100% rain at the minute. So there's just lots of things going on that, we can sort of sit back and look at it and go like, wow, you know, this is uh, this is going to be uh, interesting. You know, if it is, if it's going to be super hot, the teams will need to be careful. And the, the main thing they're going to have to really watch out for is um, to make sure that they're not bleeding the tyres back. And what the teams do now currently is they, they put the tyres out in the in the uh, the sun and and they they get naturally hot with you know, being black and everything else like that. That they attract the the sunlight, get a bit warm, and then um, that increases the pressure and they can bleed it back which means the actual volume of air in the tire is less it uh, just aids the drive a little bit to give them a little bit more wind up in the in the sidewall of the tire to give them a little bit better drive and, and just help the tire live a little bit longer from that point of view but it affects the structural integrity of the tire it just hasn't got the volume and air in it to support it as much so where you've got places like you know the, the grate across the top there and everything where they've got massive vertical load on the tire it's something they've got to keep in mind um, to not be too low in the pressure because we could end up with, as I was just saying about Shane's tyre, with the over-deflection can break the cords and, and go from there. So it's uh, you, you've just got to make sure that your car can do its 24 or 25 laps on a tank of fuel without an additional pit stop because you've uh, created a tyre issue sort of thing. So you've just still got to be a little bit conservative but be ready to be fast at 6 o'clock at night. If we have a wet race at Bathurst, how long can the wet tyre go if you say it's a 24-lap stint for a dry tyre? How far can you go on a wet if it's... It's the type of thing, like like anything, it's um, it's not um, like governed by uh, exactly you know, how dry it is up the top. The biggest problem with Bathurst is its length. It can be wet up the top, dry down the bottom. You can have everything in between. It's, it's that type of thing. The wet we've got is actually really an aggressive intermediate. It's very hard as a, as a wet weather tyre. It's sort of similar similar towards the, the harder compound um, in the range sort of thing. And then we uh, we uh, just 
sort of cut the grooves in it and we'll have the groove moulded in it sort of thing. It's a little bit thicker in the tread, so it holds more more heat. Um, so it's, it's yeah, it's a, it's a real awkward one because the problem being, especially for a race like Bathurst, and, uh, is that the teams look at the weather forecast and say, right, oh, it's saying it's going to rain till 2 o'clock, so you leave the, the dry weather set up on the car with, with you know, plenty of camber, et cetera, et cetera, um, right the way through the race, and then it's sort of, you know, it gets to the stage where it actually eats the inside shoulder of the tyre because the wet weather tyre doesn't have the grip to, to um, roll the case over, and then it, um, yeah, it, it's it, it's a problem. It's it's a compromise. So if you you want the car to be fast when the weather, you know, the weather's cleared and, and dried out, and these cars are not like the old ones that used to be quite easy to um, to uh, change cambers on and things like that reasonably quickly, and then right, you know, change the, the roll centre sort of thing with the locks lean. It doesn't work that way now with the independent rear suspension. So. You've, you've got a compromise set up on the car, which uh, isn't ideal. It, it, it can eat into the tyre pretty quickly sort of deal, but certainly if, if it looked like the weather was going to be really, really um, good towards the end of the day, that's the setup you'd, you'd have in the car and you'd compromise it for the rest. So um, it's a bit of a waiting game, you know, a, a six-and-a-half, seven-hour race or seven-and-a-half-hour race if it is wet sort of thing, and it's um, it's something you've really got to keep in mind because that's the... Uh, the thing that can really, really bite you there. You know, it's, you're just never going to have the perfect setup for the ideal in, in wet weather sort of thing if it looked like it was going to dry you know, seven or eight hours later. I mean, it's just so hard to read the weather, you know, especially around that mountain. And I'm interested after the weekend, like it was torrential rain that you experienced at Sydney. When you get yep. the tyres back after a long stint like that, are they able to be used for another? Could they go out for another session or are they rags at that stage? Basically, it depends how your budget's going. Um, to be honest with you, I mean, there's there's guys um, that uh, are certainly because once again um, on on Sunday night's race when it was when we were, most of the cars went to the grid on slicks, and then the rain started dribbling as they were running around as we were standing on the grid waiting for for things to sort of unfold and everything. It got wetter and wetter, and then everyone changed, and then the heavens opened up. So we just weren't sure how fast it was going to get to us. It had been circling us and teasing us for hours. And then it came back and hit us pretty hard, you know. So once again, on Sunday night, most of the cars would have had a dry weather set up on them. Some may have compromised a little bit, but I'd, I'd say 99% of them would have would have been having a dry weather set up because, as I said, they're all to the grid on slick, expecting it to be dry. So you'd, um, that's what you did. So a lot of the tyres we got back had, had eaten the inside blocks off and the outside ones hadn't even touched the track because the tyre the doesn't have the, the, the grip to, to roll the case over. Um, to, to use the full face of the tyre, whereas if it was going to be a wet race and you were going to dry out, you'd stand the tyre up a lot, soften the car up um, to, to use its full footprint sort of deal. So virtually every car there the other night had a, had a compromise on it and um, you just would drive accordingly sort of thing. And that's where it's really difficult when you've got a lot of standing water around the base because the, the, the tyre can't job when basically only half of it because of the camber is using the road. So you, it's, it's just one of those things... Um, uh, a compromise is really, really difficult when uh, you're in that situation, and it's part and parcel why the wet weather tyre is as hard as it is. Because if it was a full monsoon type, um, very soft compound tyre, um, they'd absolutely eat the inside shoulder of the things in in ten laps um, if it dried out a little bit, sort of thing. Whereas the tyre we've got at the moment um, will just wear out. So um, it's yeah, very difficult when you have these situations when you're you, you, you're not. You're not ideally in your window setups. Thing you're compromising for um, for what the weather's throwing at you. Um, 
sort of for you know hours time when the race finishes sort of thing so it's just a difficult one jamie in the press conference after the race a number of other drivers have come out in the press saying they would be more than happy to have an f1 style tire agreement where you have two different compounds and you have to run them across the weekend just like we saw probably on saturday would that be something that's in dunlop's interest to have at every race like, yeah, that's fine. It's, it's fine. We can we can do uh, you know, mix and match. We can do anything. Like it's just a matter of um, of, of planning, so I can get the the, uh, the stock here and, and make it happen, and then swap them around and just work out whether they have you know super soft and soft, whether they have super soft and, and hard, or uh, whatever the case may be. Um, the main will be on the, the known compounds that we've got at the moment. Uh, that's that's where we'll, where we'll stay for next year um, with three of the soft, super soft and the hard. And um, for Gen 3, we may be able to look at other things, but I think at the moment they're just um, different service, different things work. We're into the entertainment business and they need to sort of sit back and look at um, from the commission point of view and that's what 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 circuit. Um, once the calendar's released, we'll be able to sort of sit back and have a look and there's some things that will stay the same and some may be able to mix up to try and create some passing or or, uh, or do some things. But the, the current um, version of the car that we're running at the moment and everything uh, is is limited to the amount of passing purely because of the amount of error that they've got on them at the moment and there's error which we keep hearing talked about that the cars can't uh, necessarily follow another too closely to, for a lot of land because it, it overheats the, the tyres on the the car behind the whole car just gets a massive heat soak through it and uh, that just makes the situation just a bit more difficult as, uh, as far as passing goes and everything but um, that's where the, the things with Gen 3 it's it's a it's a critical thing that they're, they're focusing on to make it um, a, a racier race car if that makes sense you know for everybody to be able to do their thing so it's um, it's something that's really looking forward to I think the future's looking fantastic uh, the cars look great um, so we've there's a, a quite a heavy testing program coming up early in the new year, and um, you know we look forward to developing uh, on those cars that um, for prosper show for, for the punters out there. It's going to be a good thing. And as uh, Sean walked the new owners into the uh, Dunlop truck and said, "Here's our uh, here's our tyre man," and you yeah. had a chance to meet the guys from race. Uh, most of them I know. <laughs> so, um, pretty well, because unfortunately, because I've been around for an awful long time, I mean, most of them I've worked with Coach when he was with HRT in the day, sort of thing, many, many moons ago. And, and um, you know, through, all through the Wilson security side of things, and certainly with uh, Gary Rogers, uh, getting back along with, with them, a relationship with all, all those guys. So, you know, it, it's going to be good. It's, it's going to be. Uh, um, you know, new new beginnings, and um, it's all positive. There's lots of hype and uh, enthusiasm around the place. So, um, you know, bring it on. I, I'm very looking forward to the future with uh, whatever unfolds. But um, I think um, things are, are really going to start to ramp up from here. It's going to be great. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for joining us, Kevin Fitzsimmons of Dunlop Operations. It's been wonderful to have you uh, taking us back to a segment that I remember well of On The Rim in days past. We thank you again for your time and look forward to catching up at Bathurst. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, going to be good to get out there and hopefully we'll probably be before then and um, it'll be a free for everybody to bring it on. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next week for more at sportradio.com.au or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device, search Inside Supercars. 
The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.